Okay, all the way from the Cape. You know, we always laugh at Cape Tonians as Gauteng, as we say. They're the people who drive a hundred in the fast lane. So, yeah, we'll just smile on this side, smile and wave. <laughs> um, because I'm speaking to three Cape Tonians, gorgeous people, Rochelle Liedemann, Luan Els and Stain Lopesha. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. <laughs> we don't drive slowly. We there don't have so go. much stress. Okay. Yeah. You know, what you have to tell yourself <laughs> to not arrive fast. Yeah. Watokal. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start with Luan. Because Luan, you have to introduce yourself now. You see, you just happen to be on the left hand side. So I'll work them through to the right hand side now. But Luan, if you had to introduce yourself to people who've never met you before, but I don't want the bio answer. I want who's Luan at home with no shoes and no lipstick. <laughs> Luckily, there's no lipstick involved. Um, I'm Luan. So I've been uh, here at Oakiel for the last 14 years. And uh, yeah, I currently live in Paul and uh, I am at home. I'm very relaxed. I love braying. I love uh, spending time with my kids. And uh, yeah, my second job is mountain biking. I really enjoy that. Uh, so you've got a good physio. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> my foam roller. <laughs> Your foam roller. Yeah, when you've got kids, you can't afford the fissure. That's when you have the foam roller. <laughs> Rochelle, we're going to assume that people do not know you at all. Just because they're supposed to okay. know you doesn't mean they do. But once again, yes, you I, know, not the impressive one. Tell yeah, me the plot I'm, foot. I'm a mom of three kids married to the same guy for the last 22 years. Woo-hoo. That is like amazing. Um, radio presenter at the moment, did some TV Singer, worshipper, um, love to run and time and again read some books. Running is that short and fast yes. or long and slow? Long and slow, like you, Janine. Do you run with the story <laughs> in your ears? A whole lot of podcasts constantly <laughs> running in my ears. Yeah, something's <laughs> got to keep our mind off the running. <laughs> okay, Stan, tell me about yourself. Uh, I'm Stain. I'm part of Oakville for, I think, the last 15 years. I've actually uh, got a day job. So this is just volunteering, being part of the team. Um, inside the TV environment, I play piano and saxophone. Um, I'm also usually on stage musically directing, which means I have to manage Rochelle, which is basically a job on its own and almost <laughs> impossible. Um, married with three children, um, which uh, is the purpose in my life, my family. They are just most important thing in my life. Did you make them pretty? Yes, I did, actually. Very, very pretty. It's all my wife. Nothing to do. Thankfully, it's all my wife. <laughs> we always say, if you have to make kids, make them pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Build the Christian uh, nation. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Luan, I want to know, because every church, and I'm not talking about the church in general, that worship group, the worship team, they've got their own character, you know? You've got the worship teams who you know when they do something, it's going to be flashy and it's going to be, you know, and the word professional is the first thing that's going to come up. If you had to characterize your lot to someone who's never been to the church, what are they going to experience if they jump in on a Friday night practice with you lot? It's absolutely crazy, packed full of dad jokes. Um, uh, it's it's very, we've, it's normal, crazy normal. Um it's you know what's amazing thing it's it's never this thing we get here it's all like guns blazing you know we're very relational 
So we find out how each other is doing, how's your kids, how my kids are doing the same thing as your kids. And it's, you know, and it's we're very involved in each other's lives in that kind of way. So it's not, it's, it's like we're like a family. Yeah. So it's not like a, it's, it's like friends getting together, playing music and then also just doing life together. So if I have to give a vibe, that's the vibe that we, mm. that you would experience if you have to pitch up at a Thursday practice. The thing is, artists aren't normal people. <laughs> They just aren't. No, not at all. Can you see my specs? You see, but I'm talking. I'm talking about the whole psyche of making and creating. Now, it's like you you aren't just on an island ever. It's like you're more relational. You need people to flourish, and you need one another. And there's that thing about I bring my stuff to the table, um, and there's there's like a. And Afrikaans, we say rock date sometimes. That you know, don't criticize me much. I'm good. Leave me alone. You know. Uh, but Rochelle, it does help because I see in your church people stay longer, huh? It seems like people, and that does help to get to know one another well enough to be able to even work together and get past criticism and stuff. No, absolutely. I think, um, especially the setup here. It's, I've been here for five years. And it's just so real. Hmm. This is how Christianity is supposed to look like. What you see is what you get. And with um, artists, uh, even in this, the, the worship sector, it's like a lucky packet. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with, and I'm talking about from emotions to what the type of person that comes to the fore. Mm. But I think it's so important that, the, like like Luan said, relationship is absolutely key. Mm. Yeah. But Stain, I'm thinking to myself, um, no one person is always up, you know. We can fake it really well, especially in Christianity. We are excellent masks wearers and everything, especially if you're in the worship group and you're in front and people expect you to do better in life now. So if you had a bad morning, you had a fight with your wife before you came there and for just for today your kids were not in line and all and you get to the church and you're not in a good space, how do you get past that? Does the group, do, do you share with the group? Do they understand or you just put in on a bigger, fatter mask than normal? I think what you describe is a bit is a Sunday where something amazing happens in church yeah. because usually that's the setup. You have a fight with your wife, your children are out of line, everyone is angry at each other. Um, so usually you arrive to church with a bit of anticipation, knowing that something big is going to happen oh, wow. because there's been Love resistance it. and opposition. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's where you then make the call between what your situation is and what you are called to do. Because let's face it, we are all here and we are called to serve the local church and we are called to serve the, to lead them into worship. Mm. Um, and there the challenge is to step out of yourself and out of your circumstances and then say, okay, what is my mission? What am I called to do? And focus yeah. on that. And it is sometimes difficult. And sometimes we would tell the guys, listen, I'm in a bad space. You need to pray for me this morning. Mm. And otherwise, you process that on your own and say, listen, God, I need your power. I need your help to help me through this mm. morning so that I can focus on worshiping yeah. you and bringing the congregation along for the ride. Sure. Okay. But Luan, you're not a lot of perfectly, spiritually mature people together. You know, yes, people, Luan, <laughs> there's no way. There's no, how do you, how do you, because now you're the worship leader. So it, the, the buck stops with you when it comes to the atmosphere and everything that happens in church that morning. How do you handle conflict in that little groupie? 
Well, usually, you know, what I do in terms of just sitting with people, sitting down with people is is important. Um, we always have this joke, standing joke, having a coffee with Luan is the Stein actually wanted to make a t-shirt about it. Um, <laughs> but usually I know when, when conflict arises, it comes from a place. Mm. So I, I take into consideration my team has got uh, full-time jobs. They got lives. They got kids, um, normal issues, just like myself. And, you know, when attitude pops up, it's not like, hey, you, you know, it's, it's more like, hey, let's have a coffee. It's what's going on. It's everything okay, you know, and that's how we love and we care for one another. And and usually, if, if even with team members, if there's conflict, I'll take them into a room and say, guys, I really love you guys. So let's just chat about this, what's going on, because I can sense something. Mm-hmm. And we've always have the value of, of family. And let's be grown ups and talk about this. Mm, that's good. Yeah, and, and we're all looking for a coffee sponsorship, if that's... Yeah. <laughs> we, we go through a lot. You can't be a Christian and not like coffee. The two go together. We know this. This is, uh, this is just yeah. mature Christianity. It's called coffee. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, Don't exactly. quote me on this. People do. All right. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you, Michelle. Here's the thing. Lots of artists do not become involved in their local congregation because they feel that the local congregation uses them for whether it's marketing or just your name or, you know, therefore they do not get involved in spite of the fact that the Bible says you do not neglect the fellowship of the saints. How did you feel about all of that, that whole scenario? And I'm sure you've come across this as well. That's a very good question. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you're asking it because I think – for the first time, I've joined a family where that was never from day one part of why I'm here. Um, when we joined the church was because of mutual friends. And I felt like there was a support structure for me in what I'm doing as an artist, separately from church, mm-hmm. that I had that support the whole time. So then I started serving in the church, just doing some uh just serving mm-hmm. and i and i think it took me what how many months three months mm-hmm. before i even got to the stage that's a long time because mm-hmm. if you if you if you see somebody with potential and mm-hmm. talent the first thing that churches does is it's like come on let me mm-hmm. put you right onto stage don't know where you come from what's your background how's your family life going mm-hmm. are you a member of the church all of those things, that's actually important to know for you to be able to lead the church into worship. You can't just put somebody in there with a yellow kormkhata and they're supposed to, you know, be one of the front Levites. And there was never, ever an expectation ever for me to lead until I said, I want to, I want to do this. And I'm so grateful because what an amazing, I, I always feel like I'm covered. Mm. I never feel like I'm being exposed. Mm. Um and I'm not saying this because Luan's sitting next to me. This is really, it's the absolute truth. You know? um, this is the journey I've been walking for the last five years. And I can see the fruit in my own life because of 
just walking it out, you know, basically. Yeah, humility and servanthood is basic building block number one. If you want to be in ministry in the first place, it's it's always better to start out as nobody and zero before you get anywhere. Yeah. Okay, well, Stane, tell me about yeah. new music in your church, because we obviously hear about a new song and all, but do you like presenting them with new music? Does your church like new music? Do they rather prefer the old ones, staples? <laughs> How does it work there? It's a it's a usual fight for me because uh, we love doing new music uh, to such an extent that I always feel like the church has just gotten used to a song and we're going into the new thing. But you know what? I think I think over the past, let's say twenty years, twenty twenty five, thirty years ago, um, worship music was very stagnant. It wasn't as exciting. Now I've got such incredible artists out there that are bringing out music all the time, and it's inspiring. And it's not almost a poor cousin that worship music used to be compared to the secular music out there. It is incredible with great musicians. I mean, the Bethels, the Hillsongs, the Elevations, Maverick City Music. It's incredible. And thankfully, we've got the freedom in our church to introduce new songs. We've got the support of the pastoral team to say, introduce it, Mm. speak to the the members and sing it with them. And our congregation is open for it. So new music is always out there um, and we enjoy it. It's it's a new challenge, it's new something, and it's a new message for our church as well. Yeah, okay, but what about creating new music yourselves in the church? Is there potential? Absolutely. Yes <laughs> and amen. Yes and amen. <laughs> We're on a mission. <laughs> we are on a mission. So the new song that you will probably introduce a bit later on um, was a Dutch song, um, and then we translated it in the church. But as we sit here, we are about to start working mm. on mm. our own local music that's mm. been written by us here mm. in the church. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to share that with the rest of the world as well. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's just, it seems that the whole pandemic has opened up a can of good worms. Um, no, seriously now, in South Africa, I'm not even talking about the guys overseas. Yes, they've been busy as well. Mm. But it seems confining South Africans who thought maybe they weren't good enough. People started trying and experimenting. And the amount of, yes, mm-hmm. we still get bad ones as well. Yes, we do. But the amount of good ones that are coming out of South Africa is so exciting. And I'm talking local worship yes. and contemporary music. The variety is amazing. So the more people who can create music yeah. with that kind of potential in the church, huh? huh? No. We want it all. We want it. We want. <laughs> I think with the pandemic, um, we all thought that this is probably the end. So let's just do everything mm. an urghaver. Yeah. Mm. Let's do that 200% and mm. run with it, yes. which is great, which is amazing because we mm. all have it. Mm. But for so long, we just gave a little bit and a little mm, bit. Yeah. And now it's like, let's just go for gold. Yeah, and I think also the pandemic realigned people's priorities. Yeah. You know, we got caught up in the rat race and running behind things or after things that mm. were just completely unimportant. And suddenly you're facing the situation, you realize, but what is important in my life? What am I pursuing? What is it that I want to establish? Or, uh, you know, yo, what, what, what is my mission and what I want to get done? And I think that pushed people out of their comfort zones to yeah. say, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Um, let's go out there. Let's try. And if we fail, so what? We yeah. just try again. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> and the industry has changed <laughs> in such a way. You can do anything in your living room. Anything is possible. You just have a few apps. There you go. So one thing that is a reality is you can't create 
and bring forth worship. If if there isn't something brewing your heart, you know, it's always obviously from relationship with God. So, Luan, I want to start with you. If you had to celebrate one characteristic of this God you love so much that at the moment stands out most because of who you are and what you're going through in life now, what you're reading in the word right now. I mean, when you worship, you just don't worship all of them. There's one bit of him character-wise that stands out most at this moment. What is it? You know what is his father's heart? I think when you read about in Luke about the the prodigal son, and he's been away, f- f- you know, squandering all his all his um, mm-hmm. stuff that he owned from his dad and stuff. He said he wanted his portion. And his dad, when he came back, his dad was waiting for him. And he put a brand new cloak on him. Not after he's been with pigs, anything else, <laughs> you know, like he stank. But his dad says, kill the fattened calf and put on a new cloak for my son. And I think his love and his grace, his father's heart is for me the... The most amazing thing, because sometimes I stand in front of that stage and I feel so unqualified, so not worthy. But, you know, that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus, he, he broke that great divide between us and, and dad. And uh, so that we can experience his love and his grace. And then when he looks at us, he sees Jesus because Jesus took our place. Mm. And that makes us worthy. That's why he calls us and uses us because of that very thing of we being his kids. I mean, he's just got nothing to prove, huh? He can love us as much as he wants to because he doesn't have to prove that we have to prove. It's, you know, it helps that our God isn't prideful. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Rochelle? Um, for me, I think um, the one thing is that he's interested in every little thing mm-hmm. of me and my life. And... Like I would prepare for perhaps for radio on in in the morning, and he would whisper things that nobody else, and he gives me revelation out of his word for people that I'm like, Kissy, you are so interested in each and every person that you will make me quiet, you'll make me lie down in green pastures to whisper these things so that I can encourage somebody or that he encourages me. But that's how interested he is in each one. Like even with a a morning service as well, like I would prepare something and just before I get onto stage, then I feel something completely different. And it's like, oh, (laughs) Um, and that's just amazing that, mm. that that's how intricately involved he is in our yeah. lives. He's the God who sees me. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Stain? Oh, it's a difficult one. I think for me, um, the characteristic is probably him being trustworthy. Um, I, as I said, I've got a day job. I, I run a business. And uh, I'm also a bit of a control freak and a stressor, which is a thing I'm working through. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to say on radio, you're a prideful stressor than control freak, but it's out there already now. <laughs> so for me, I'm always challenged, especially when things go wrong and things are out of your control, for me to give over and give over control sure. and trust God for who he is and who he says he is. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a massive journey 
um, and it has been a massive journey for me to walk through because especially as when things don't go according to plan, you want to create more control. You want to take more control and be, make sure you can handle this whole thing. And uh, for me, realizing that God is trustworthy, his promises are out there. And, you know, also trusting him that when things don't go according to my plan, it's still going according to his plan. Yeah. And he knows what's best for you. He's got the plans for me to prosper me and not to harm me. Um, and I think that's, I always feel like I'm on the precipice of like Peter walking on the water. I'm just going there and, and I have to do it. And every day it's a decision to say, I'm going to walk yeah. on water. I'm keeping my eyes on you. Sure. It's a big breakthrough for any Christian to realize just how sovereign a sovereign God is. I mean, that I brings mean, so much yeah. peace and hope when you know it doesn't matter what you do. You can't muck up more than he's sovereign. <laughs> it's it's exactly. a wonderful exactly. thing, that one. Okay, well, so, yeah. Rochelle, I'm going to give you the last word because, you know, it's your fault that we've got a song that we are celebrating today. <laughs> so you told us the background <laughs> that it came from Holland and everything. I want oh. you to tell us exactly what you want us to hear when we listen to the song now. Mm. There's one line that's my absolute favorite and it is ongeëvenaarde kracht le in die grote naam. Because that is how amazing our God is. Um, and that people will sing this song and it will become an anthem over their situation. That's mm. what I want people mm. to hear. That it will become a declaration of victory over their situation in their life. A victory mm. anthem. Jesus oor from Oak Hill Music, all the way from Durbanville. And um, it sounds like this. <laughs> 